Today, we're going to talk uh, about some very tough issues regarding the awful truth about child trafficking in Texas. And so I'd like to just put a warning out there to everyone listening and watching that uh, this is really for mature audiences. Thank you. It was an inter- interesting the other night I was watching the debate and there is so much anti-TikTok mm-hmm. language going around and and, uh, and, and and an effort to try to control that, which I understand. And I think at one point there was a discussion between Vivek and another mm-hmm. uh, one of the other candidates. Oh, it was uh, Nikki Haley, I believe. And but he was talking about all the negative things about TikTok, but that he's using TikTok to reach out and, yes. and get to those kids because that's where they are. Mm-hmm. As much as we hate it, that's where they are. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, people like us who didn't grow up with all of that social media, you know, we kind of think, oh, I'm going to, yeah, let's just stay away from there. Let's just do the big ones, you know? Yeah. But really that's, that's, that's what the they look one. at. Yeah. yeah. Snapchat, it was the, that used to be the one where, it was it was worse because it would disappear after a while. Yes. So, um, and I don't even know if that's still big. I think they do communicate a little bit on that, but but TikTok is huge. As much as you hate it, it's still it's still huge. I, I was going to tell you a quick story about the difference between you know our my age. I'm going to say my age because I don't think that y'all came y'all you, you this happened to y'all. But so I remember when I was growing up, if I wanted to go find my friend Danny. He was my best friend when I was growing up, San Antonio. And I wanted to find him. I'd call his home phone on our rotary phone. Or the they had the if you had the push button, that was that was that was pretty high tech, you know. You know, so um and someone would answer. Could be his little sister, mm-hmm. mom or someone, Danny there. Uh, I think he's somewhere, but he should be back and you know, maybe I think he's gonna be coming back and you know, maybe a 30 minutes or something like that. Well, I was living on one side of town. He lived on the other side of town. So I literally have to drive over there, hang out outside his house <laughs> until maybe he came home. And if he didn't, which could be one, two hours later, I just have to drive all the way back home yeah. and nothing, we never got together. I mean, that was kind of, yeah. that was the thing, right? You just, you had to go find people. You right, didn't, right. you know. Or meet me by the corner of so-and-so in Mississippi on Tuesday. Like, I don't know. How did we do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We didn't have GPS either. So we found our way around. Yeah, you had the Atlas. You yeah, had your map. Yeah, I know. And I, like, you know, my boys obviously think that that I'm so far behind things. But I said, yeah, I did it when I didn't have GPS or I didn't have all these. But now it, um, and I think this is also the problem, is they don't have to leave their computer mm-hmm. to see and talk to all of their friends. They can stay at their chair. And, you know, there's been times where I'll say, you know, why don't you guys, how come you're, why don't, why don't you outside. get together? Yeah. Well, we, we, I just talked to them. I'm like, what do you mean you just talk to them? Well, they're all there and yeah. they, that's how they meet. Yeah. So we can't change that. And I'm, I'm not going to be an old fogey and say, you know, I wish we could go back to those days. We're not. But to your point is giving tools to people that can help with things like, um, you know, this new, this new technology that can take down, take mm-hmm. it down. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, 
end up putting something up that's your it's that's being used to somehow extort you or whatever it, it, however that's being used to hurt you. Um, that's critically important. Absolutely. Is there what else is out there that can help parents? Because I don't have kids that are in that phase right now, mm-hmm. but someday they're going to have kids, and so I'm going to have grandkids, yes. and I also have a lot of friends with littler kids, and it just it worries me. I mean, so I think about it all the time. And maybe I watch too much news, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> being a, being well, a it, news junkie. Yeah, it worries me too. I mean, I see kids on screens. I see babies on screens. You yeah. know, how is that going to affect our future? How is that going to affect that child and then, you know, the future? Um, I, I, a couple things. I think delay, 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 delay. You know, there was a movement here at, at um, I think it was Hill Country, and I think it's still going strong called Wait Till 8th, Hill Country Middle School, Wait oh, Till 8th. Okay. Wait to, if all the parents were strong enough, right? Come on, parents, to say, hey, you're not getting a smartphone till your eighth grade. Think of think of the way that would change things. Yeah. That would be incredible. Well, it kind of fizzled out for a few years because one parent one got the one. phone. Yeah, it just takes one. It just takes right. one, right? So there's that. But, you know, if you can delay, it's your kids are going to read more. They're going to go outside more. They're going to be bored. They're going to have to figure out what to do. And that's yeah. that's what it should be. Yeah, actually, being bored is a good thing. Yes. Makes you think. Um, but if, you know, if your kids are going to be on their phones, and they are, um, I could say, okay, there's all these guides at, at NickMick, org that will show you just for spell each that app. Out, just so for N- our listeners. Yes. Uh, NCMEC.org, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Okay. Um, they're about 40 years old. They're the government's clear, they're a nonprofit, but they're designated by Congress to be the resource center for law enforcement.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. On these issues. So, um, so if you go there, they'll tell you for each app, you know, what you should do and all that. I'm going to tell you as a parent and even as the executive director of the NICMIC office in Texas, I didn't have time to do all that. There's too many apps. And by the time you figure out the app they're on, they've already moved to a different app. There's just so much, you know, and, you know, all our kids had fake Instagrams, yeah. which, you know, I mean... So I do think one of the most important and the simplest thing you can do is delay. And then also when you provide a phone, you don't give it as a gift, you provide it. And it comes with a contract. Hmm. And so you set the expectation right away. That's smart. So you're not giving them the phone, you're, 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 you're providing that for them to mm-hmm. use, but if they violate the yeah. rules of it. It's, it's a contract. So you don't own it. It's not your phone. Like right. we, we all gave our kids phones, you know. Yeah, but. I know. They love that at Christmas. You know? <laughs> right. But, right. but what I'm saying now that I now that I know better, I think I would have given my kids a phone with a contract to say, hey, when you go to bed at night, this phone comes in my room to be charged. Yeah. Easy. Mm. They might pick up a yeah. book. They might not be on their phones all night. They might not be trading nudes with somebody else. Not that my yeah. kids did that, but... It's so common. And and the other thing is, you know, you can't bring it in the bathroom with you. That's a lot of times predators will ask kids to go bring it in the bathroom with them because one, it's easy access. And two, mom's not going to violate your privacy when you're in right. the bathroom. Yeah. Especially if you're a boy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mom and boys. Yeah. yeah right. So, um, or dad or and dad girls. and girls. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. Be- well, you have two girls. I mean, did, did you we ever- do? We're we're old school. We, you know, we had 
some very, very strict boundaries in our house. Boys were not allowed in your room. The girls' rooms were upstairs. Mm-hmm. They don't go upstairs. They don't mm-hmm. no. Now, I'm not dumb to think that you can't accomplish everything you need to as a teenager or humans being humans in the car or behind a bush or whatever at school. But, but in our house, we have rules and we hope that some of these rules spill over to outside of our house. Right. But I think that's a great point that, you know, the phone is the boy in their, in their room (laughs) after, you know, so. And um, the 50 year old man. Yeah. Right. The one they think is someone who he's not, he's posing. Um, you know, we try to educate our kids on all that stuff. One thing we used to always tell our girls was, um, you know, you hear these stories that are, and the, and the girls would think we're probably being dramatic, but this is part of the vigilance thing too. It's like, hey, if this ever happened and, and hey, you know, l- listen to this. This happened to a girl we knew that a black van was driving alongside her. Guys, you, there are a lot of evil people in the world everywhere. And a black van with no windows is not normal. And uh, she was walking on Town Lake, car kind of turned around, black van was following her. Girls, that's not good, right? So um, luckily this girl was super vigilant, screamed, kicked, got on a mountain bike, heard it, turned around, started hauling butt, hit the guy on his mountain bike. It all happened and got away, but she got away. Had Had she not screamed and the guy on the mountain bike helped, I'm pretty sure we would have never heard from, from yeah. this girl again, right? She was 18, um, walking on Town Lake, and they were just going to come up and take her. Now, stories like that, right? And then it bleeds over to some of the trafficking and some of the grooming and some of the things that we all hear about that maybe some people think isn't true, but it is true of, you know, it's more aggressive than the, hey, I'm going to share this, give us money, or, you know, there there are gangs and terrible cartels and and some bad Texas gangs that we've all heard about that, you know, they would, um, they would gang rape a girl and then video it and say, we're going to put this everywhere or you're going to do this for us. And to Andrea's point, these girls might be going to high school and living at home, but they're being trafficked by a gang and they're fearful that a, this video is going to make it all around and they're already kind of ruined. Um, and then the other tactic is, Hey, you know, we'll kill your parents right? We'll come home. We'll kill your sister. We'll kill your parents. And we used to always tell our girls, listen, if anyone ever says any crazy thing like that, whoever, I would rather be dead. First of all, you scream, you kick like the story I just told you about this black van. You scream, you kick, you holler. I don't care if they want to come and kill me. Right. First of all, let them try. Second of all, we've got enough friends that well, yeah, yeah. we got some <laughs> that are way tougher than dad. <laughs> so, so, but I mean, you know, I mean, we're talking about a wide range of kind of how terrible and aggressive and things are, but it's all happening and it's all real. These are not just you know nude news stories and or nude stories, but mm-hmm. uh, you know that was another thing that always is is crazy to me, but it makes so much sense, right? These teenage boys. Man, you don't have to summon up a lot of, of of courage to just be in your room and go, hey, send me a nude. And they don't. And you go, you next, it's 100 girls in your class at school, or there's 500 and, I don't know, what is there, 800 kids in every class at Westlake now. Or, you know, maybe there's only 50 in your class, but there's 25 girls. And you, if you just, it's kind of like you're saying where they cast this big net. Yeah. These kids just asking them all. And maybe one of them says yes and sends it. And, 
but there's no, I, I don't know. It's just, it's scary. It's, it's, it, the world has changed for sure. And, yeah. you know, I think part of it, and I can't, I don't want to sound like a little old lady, but I'm telling y'all, like, there's a stat, like 87% of boys watch porn yeah. regularly. I would, I believe, you I know? would believe that stat. And there. so, so that. It's just everywhere. You know, and I've mentioned that to my son recently, I'd say in the last year or so, and he did not deny that it, you know, Hill Country Middle School, mm. this was happening. It's on their and phone. It, it's on their phone. And it's at school. And so if you if you watch that every day, and by the way, today's pornography is not Playboy. It's not my dad's Playboy. No. It mm. is vile. It is violent. It is, yeah. So if that's what you're watching, then think about how easy it is for a predator to ask you for a pic or a video. Like it's so, you know. It seems so innocent. Yeah. And girls too. There's an uptick in girls watching mm. pornography. So they're so desensitized. They're to, desensitized. To sexual anything now. Um, yeah. So look, this is another, I think another point. Um, we're in what the second largest state. So Andrew, your position was at one point the head of the unit on trafficking in the state of Texas, right? Mm -hmm. In the governor's office. In the governor's office, right. So Certainly, you know more than we know, and most parents know, and clearly with, I think, everything you've said you're doing, you are one of the authorities, right? Frank and I saying some of this stuff might be hearsay, but you've seen it. You've seen the images. You've been in the middle of it. And, you know, let's remind everyone, Texas is the, what, ninth largest GDP in the world, second most populous state in the country. So she knows what she's talking about, and the numbers are real, and and... Again, it's it's not a scare tactic. It's it's a call to be vigilant for your kids. Yeah, and uh, it's a it's a call to really seriously talk to your kids. I want y'all to watch. I want everybody here in my voice to watch Brian Montgomery's video, and he talks about his son Walker Montgomery. And this video is for anybody to watch. He made it because he wants no one to have to go through what his family went through. And he says, if I would have just known and talked to Walker that night before he went to bed, I would have, my son would be alive. He, was, he, he committed suicide because of a predator who got to him within three hours, y'all. This was a kid who was had dinner with his family, was excited about going to football practice the next day. So we are doing this partly, not on our watch, Texas, for the Montgomery family to honor yeah. their wishes um, so that Walker's legacy means something, you know, beyond his family's complete and utter love for him um, and everybody he touched. But also, we don't want any more Walker Montgomery's. And it's, it's as simple as talking to your kids and telling them, please, please come to me if you... If anything makes you feel sad, scared, confused online, if you're just not sure, if you've done something that you might regret now and you feel like you're gonna, you're in some kind of trouble, if someone's threatening you, and then you have to hold yourself to it, guys. Yeah. You have to say, you're not gonna be in trouble. And then you can't, when they tell you, cringe or give them that body language because they're gonna only tell you a bit to test you. And the minute you cringe or go, 
I can't believe you were talking to that person at midnight. You were supposed to be asleep or whatever it is. Yeah. They're not going to tell you they're anymore. They're going to clam up. They're done. That's right. And they're going to suffer in silence it's embarrassing. or worse. It's humiliating. It's embarrassing. You're, you know, your life is flashing before your eyes as a kid. Yes. I mean, you, you, you don't have your future. You see your future gone as what is what's happening. And if, if you're going to have that relationship. You might have to switch schools. You I know so many exactly. kids who left, had to oh, leave yeah. middle school because of stuff like this. Yeah. I think you're right. You have to follow up with it. And parents have to be, you got to stick to it and be open that mm-hmm. this is something that is likely to happen, more likely than not to happen. And you have to be open to say, okay, let's yeah. deal with it. Let's just deal with it. And on a related note, <laughs> We have so many kids who are sexually abused by people that they trust or that their parents trust. And, um, you know, that is a, a silent crime. We have no idea. We're only seeing the tip of the iceberg of those kids actually say something. They are groomed by these folks, and then those folks groom their parents. And it's people in places of trust, right? And unfortunately, we we heard about this at at Nick Mick time and time again, these kids, they tell their parents and the parents don't believe them right away or kind of doubt it or, or express some doubt or, you know, are you sure? And then the kid ends up recanting, which is awful because that person, the abuse continues. And then in the future, you know, somebody who, who perpetrates on one child is not going to just stop there. There's yeah. something wrong with them. They're going to keep going. You know, um, I was having this conversation um, with my parents the other day, and I was talking about, I used to work for a company, uh, one of my one of my clients, a company called WellPath, and their job, their business, I should say, is dealing with um, the um, forensic psychiatry for people that have committed very violent crimes. Wow. That's their what they do. I mean, they get a contract, they go to the jails, they provide the, the psychiatry and the treatment um, for these folks. And the, and, the, and the one thing I had to get involved with, which really opened my eyes, this was, this was some years ago, is there was a lot of sexually violent predators that were being housed in um, halfway houses all over Texas. You really didn't have, and I don't know if people really understand how this works, but when someone is a sexually violent predator, exactly what you think that is, serial rapist, all the serial killer that, that also violently sexually assaults someone in, before they do that, these, that's, that's these people, the worst of the worst, not even human. And they serve their time. Once they've served their time, they come out, yeah. and this, thank God that the, the that Texas passed a, a legislation that said, "Well, you can come out, but you're so dangerous that you have to go into a residential treatment facility, and until they say that you're okay to leave." Mm-hmm. Well, um, and these residential, they would use halfway houses. Well, they can walk off of of a. Oh, yeah. a halfway house. And even if they, even if they have a, a, an ankle bracelet, you know. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we worked really hard, passed a piece of legislation that said, let's house them all in one place like they do in Florida. 
and then you have, you know, put them in one and, and harden a facility, can't be a jail. They have to be able to leave with, you know, an escort. But it is, if you go today in Littlefield, Texas. I was going to say, yeah. so it's out of Lubbock. That, yeah. was, that, was, yeah. that, was the, that was the place that, that, uh, that we put together. Never pick, ch- pick up a hitchhiker in Littlefield, Texas. It is, it is an awful place to be. I've been in, because I was doing this work, I've been in a couple of those, uh, those places, not just in Littlefield, but in Florida. And I had to tell you, I don't ever want to go back. It is the most uncomfortable feeling I've ever had in my life as a, it just as a person, these people that were surrounding me, I knew were the worst of the worst. And here's the thing that really bothered me is um, I was talking to the chief psychiatrist for the company, and I remember asking about it. I said, well, what are you, what are you really doing? Does anybody ever really get out? And I think they had maybe one or two examples of someone who could yeah. actually graduate out of the program. But this is what she told me, and I think this is important for people to understand about about predators that are out there. She said, first of all, they don't ever really, treatment doesn't work. There is no, quote, treatment. They don't change. That their brain, and I think she used the example um, that when we get up in the morning, we have a routine. Our routine is to get coffee read the paper, whatever we do. I don't think anybody reads the paper anymore. <laughs> but, okay, we get up, we no, have we're coffee. Listen, we're listening to State House. Yeah, that's right. We're listening to State House. Everybody gets State House. If you, if you don't have it, demand it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and you go on with your day. Well, their day and their routine is to get up and think about how they're going to, uh, uh, you know, they're going to find their next victim. Mm-hmm. It, it's that simple Absolutely. in their head. So all they do in these programs, which... To me, I don't know how much use it is. I don't work there for them anymore. Um, is um, they just try to change what their routine is, mm-hmm. and so they have these programs that just try to get them to think about something else on a routine basis versus that. And try to thought, try to get them to regulate their their um, drive, but it's, like like focus it on something else. But it's I mean, how horrible mm-hmm. is that? And that's that. I think that scared me more than anything else because I realized at that time that these people that do these things, they don't have a soul. And so... You know what else is scary about that is um, I have a friend, Michael Burke, who um, for years worked for uh, the Bureau of Prisons and the Marshal's Office, and he's retired now. He did a study that actually the United States government really didn't want out there, <laughs> but he w- he's won a lot of awards internationally. His study was on these kinds of, of folks, and specifically people, a lot of men, but a few women, mostly men, who look at child pornography, which now we don't call it child pornography. We call it child sexual abuse images because that's what it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, child rape. Child rape yeah. images, right? Uh, uh, images of children being sexually abused. and. There was this kind of defense that people would throw out all the time. And my husband is a federal prosecutor. He prosecutes these cases. So I'd hear it all the time. Oh, he's just looking. He's just looking. It's just fantasy. It would never really hurt a child. And if he doesn't, there's even this kind of defense. If he doesn't have this to look at, he might go harm a child. Well, Michael's study says, and he, he's interviewed hundreds of these guys, and basically, there's no turning back. Yeah. Once you start looking at child sexual abuse images, 
and you are drawn to that, you are definitely on your path to victimizing a live child or at least asking him for it on the internet, right? Or yeah. like what we're talking about. Which is about. just the next step. And, and you know, the government doesn't want to hear that because what that means is what do we do with all these dangerous people? We can't build enough prisons for them, right? And so I just think, especially with all this stuff so readily available and the the danger of our kids just coming across it, you know, it's... It's not, this used to be a deep web problem, quote, deep web. This is not a deep web program. This is not a, a dark web problem anymore. Nobody talks about that. I mean, there's tons of stuff on the dark web, but this is like an Instagram problem. You know, It's like a Snapchat right. problem. And so the fact that our kids can be exposed to this is awful in so many ways. Yeah. And um, again, delay, 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 and take the phone away at night. I just think, and then talk to them. And, well, and make sure they know that they have your support. That, exactly. That was just going to say, that's kind of the the final piece of that is, is that you have to be there for them. And uh, you've really uh, opened my eyes to a lot of this. I mean, you know, when, when David and I talked about having these, this, this series, you know, we knew we were going to be diving into an area that we will we'll never turn back from because we're both very passionate about our kids. We're passionate fathers and, it's um, it's the one thing that that can make you kind of lose it. If you know, for me, and I feel for other, for for all of us here in this room, and all the people listening and and watching, you know, something something to do with your kids. That's the that's the one thing that will you will lose it. And so, anyway, I appreciate so much you being part of today, mm-hmm. and um, I hope you come back because I, we're going to be, you know, we're going to continue this this uh, this series. Um, start to look at some other issues uh, that we can really just kind of hopefully educate everybody on everything related to, you know, children and parents and safety, child safety. You know, one of the things we're going to talk about soon is child safety in schools and Mm -hmm. very specific things, some of those. So, um, Again, thanks for yeah. being a part no, of State thank House. Y'all. Thanks for your new efforts, by the way. Too. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank, this thank is this Cecilia is, Abbott. Tell her thank you for she being part is of, a champion on these issues. Yeah, she's so always great. has been. And um, look, thank you for helping me and all us, us mama bears working on this get the word out because I do think we can save lives. Absolutely, I do think we can save lives and save childhoods. Yeah. If, if we let parents know to talk to their kids. And again, it's... it's Not the, on our watch. Not on our watch. TX.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, Thank thanks you. so much. Thanks, David. We'll yep. see you on... We'll be on the next, the next podcast soon. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us on this episode of State House. You can find this podcast anywhere you find your podcast today. If you like our program and you want to see more, please subscribe. Like it, share it with others. If you've got a comment, leave us a comment. Anything that makes us better, we appreciate. And we really appreciate, if you like it, to give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.